Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. Friends, I'm really excited for today's episode. I have the incredible privilege of interviewing my client turned friend, Miss Carrie Doherty. Carrie was one of my first ever one-on-one coaching clients. We started working together in 2020, and her story over the last little over a year has been absolutely incredible, and I'm just so, so honored to be a small part of her story. She has seen some incredible success in her own health journey, also losing over 100 pounds just like I did, but of course, this health journey is about so much more than weight loss, and we dig into all of that in today's episode. So let's dive on in. Hello there, beautiful friend. I'm your host, Kaya, a cattle rancher turned accidental life coach after embarking on my own health journey, losing over 100 pounds, but most importantly, rebuilding my relationship with myself. Now I am more on fire than ever to empower others to create a healthy life that they love from the inside out by sharing the tools, tips, and strategies that I've learned and continue to learn along the way. Mindset, health, body image, self-love, entrepreneurship, and more. We're here to chat about climbing the mountains of life all while finding joy in the journey. Welcome to the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. Now, let's get climbing. All right, y'all. I am really excited for today's podcast guest because it is one of my favorite people in the entire world. She is a joy, and I've just been really looking forward to this conversation. So I am not going to make you wait. I just want to go ahead and dive in, Um, and I want to introduce you to my friend, Carrie. Hi, Carrie. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you for being here. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. So I want to give the folks a little bit of a backstory of who is Carrie. So the way that I met Carrie, Carrie was actually one of my first ever one-on-one coaching clients. Um, So I want you to introduce yourself, Carrie. Tell us, how did you find me and kind of where were you at when we first started working together? Okay. So I'm Carrie and I found Kaya, like you said, I found you when you had your Good Morning America, your big, you know, 15 minutes of fame. And I found you on Instagram. Um, what was that? June of 2020. And I remember seeing that whole um, tribute that they did for you. And I went and I just started stalking your highlight reels and your entire Instagram. And I remember thinking, because I had been on a journey since April. So I had already been on the journey for two months, trying to do it natural, not keto, no sort of point system, and just not really down the self-love journey yet, just really trying to figure out my weight loss. And at that point, I already lost, I want to say 25 pounds. I was was losing pretty quickly uh, just by eating super clean, but I always knew that there was something more to it. So then I remember stalking your, your Instagram and I said, okay, this girl, like she lost a hundred over 120 pounds, pretty much doing what I'm doing in a year. There has to be some sort of, you know, what is, she, and it was all about self-love and just eating, you know, out of wanting to nourish your body and joyful movement. And I was like this, and then I saw that you were a coach and I went on your website and I hit inquire and we talked and we chatted and um, we went from there and I said, and I hired you and every other week for a year, 
I started, we were working together and it was the best thing I ever did and it changed my life. And yeah, that's how I found you through your, your Good Morning America. And I'm so happy that just, you know, just that one time scrolling and uh, just, I remember sitting in my room, just scrolling and scrolling and finding you absolutely life-changing. So, oh, so yes. good. I'm so thankful for Instagram, honestly, shout out to Instagram for allowing us to connect because I have met some of the most incredible people, you being one of them, thanks to that mm-hmm. little app. And I, when we first met, I really resonated with you, Carrie, because I mean, you're not much younger than I am. We're really close in age. And I felt like hearing your story was like meeting myself like a year before. And I felt like so many of the things that you had shared with me and how you were feeling and where you were at were so similar to where I was at at the beginning of my journey. And, you know, I've shared on the podcast before about like my kind of what my relationship with myself looked like growing up. And would you be willing to share, like, give us a little bit of backstory about like, so where are you from and what did your relationship look like with yourself and your body before you kind of decided this last time that you wanted to take better care of your health? So yeah, I'm from the greater Philadelphia area, Um, had a great childhood, uh, went to private school and two parents that really loved me. But where I really found when I was about seven years old, my my parents would agree was when you know, uh, a lot of emotional eating started happening when my parents' marriage started falling apart. And then, you know, came the bullying from, you know, friends and tr- always like you trying to be like the funny friend. And I always was. And I kind of still pride myself in that of like being the extrovert and pe- making people laugh. But somehow, whether it was hanging out with friends from school or, uh, you know, kids in the neighborhood, it always just came back to, you know, uh, fat jokes and that kind of thing. And I used to laugh it out, you know, of course, laugh it off. But then, you know, behind closed doors, it would just break me down. And the the self-talk that, you know, what I would say to myself starting at such a young age, and it would break my, my mom's heart and all of my, you know, as I would get older and even in college, like the way I would speak to myself in front of other people or whether it was internal uh, was something I always really struggled with. You know, I never really did a I, I wasn't really a big dieter, um, except when I did one uh, really extreme low calorie diet and when I was losing like 40 pounds in two months. But the way that I was talking to myself and my relationship with food was so, so, so broken. So it had always been, you know, a really rocky relationship, but I always knew that I didn't want to, and I wasn't willing to try everything. Like a lot of people always say I was willing to try everything. I was not one of those people, you know, my mom would try and get me to hop on Weight Watchers when I was, you know, 10, 11 Atkins and there was just something I was never interested in but I think I always knew deep down inside that there had to be something not a diet not limiting any or any restriction or thinking that there were bad foods and luckily by finding you and finding climb and your your business that I was able to figure that out. Amazing. Now, I wanted to ask you too, you know, you had already started your health journey um, a little bit before we started working together and I'm curious, you know, can you just give our listeners a little bit of insight of what did that year look like when you started doing, you know, the work that we do in our community is really, it's really that mental, that mindset shift, right? So I'm curious if you could share with us, like, what did that journey kind of look like for you? And how did that evolve after we kind of met and started working together? For sure. So my journey, my journey started in April of 2020. It was a one weekend where I just felt, I just remember feeling like crap. And I just felt we were in the middle of this pandemic only a month in a little over a month in April 20th I started and I remember going to Trader Joe's before I went to Trader Joe's I took a drive because there wasn't much to do in quarantine 
and I got all this healthy food. And I told my, I was living with my sister at the time, nannying my niece because the world was shut down. My sister and brother-in-law still worked, but my niece needed a nanny. And for, I will also preface that I also am a nanny. I've been a babysitter and I do a bunch of different side gigs. So I moved in with my sister because I couldn't really work my side gigs and my Amazon and everything like that. So uh, my sister paid me to watch my niece. And, you know, a lot of our days were couldn't go to a park because all the parks were shut down, but going out on walks. So I made my baby step. I told my sister, you know, I'm going to start eating like pretty healthy. You guys do you. I don't expect, you know, I'm, it was 25 when I started. And I said, I'm going to cook my own meals and do my thing and, you know, go on walks when I can, when the baby's napping or take her with me. So I started with 30 minute walks drinking more water didn't really follow the whole, you know, pack your body weight in water. I just knew that I was going to start eating pretty clean and drinking water and going on walks. And I remember feeling so good because I was losing like crazy amounts of weight at the same time because just because, you know, I went from eating, um, you know, out of emotion and hating myself and talking so badly and, uh, eating all sorts of different, just uh, going from, you know, Chick-fil-A to like, you know, broccoli, rice and chicken overnight. So, but I, I was remember like not wanting to really talk about it or tell people what I was doing because I was afraid of the judgment or, oh yeah, like, let's just see him watch her like gain it back or what the outside was going to think when really, you know, I w- wanted to, you know, focus on myself and find, you know, some sort of long-term commitment. And then come, you know, a couple months later, I was still losing the weight, still going so strong and I felt so good. And then, but at the same time, I still had this like, just little like whisper in my ears about how are you going to keep this off? How are you going to do this? And, you know, <laughs> without going to a diet or like what happens when, you know, I don't want to say, I don't want to curse on your compass, but shit hits the fan. Go for it. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> but shit hits the fan. And, you know, cause we all know that it's coming, whether it be stress or emotions or, you know, things happen. And um, that's when I found you. And that's when, you know, I said, I remember not even being able to afford you. And I remember telling my mom, like, I want to start like this, like coach, like, you know, working with a coach. And she told me, she was like, you know, I remember going through therapy and going through coaching before um, as a single mom in my 30s. And she was like, it was one of those things you can't afford not to do. Like, stop making excuses. Mm-hmm. I think this is great. You're go- You're doing so well. And to keep going strong, you know, start working with, um, started working with you. And that's exactly, exactly what did it for me. And when you started pouring into me and finding all these, this other, you know, just natural weight loss world, whether it be Corinne Crabtree or Jill Angie, and just getting to hear all these people that really promote self-love and stop thinking about all that BS or focusing on, you know, fads and diets and points. Um, it was life-changing. Yeah. I want to, I want to dig into something that you had mentioned and you mentioned that you struggled a lot with emotional eating and I've shared on Mm -hmm. my podcast a lot about that being something that I struggled with as well. And so, you know, in this, in this journey for you, it's about learning how to treat yourself better and honoring your body with better foods and movement. But I think it's also about learning how to process through those emotions in a healthier way. And so as part of your journey, recognizing that you were someone that would use food to kind of numb your emotions, how has that shifted or what other tools have you found to be helpful that allow you to, to honor your body with, with those healthy habits while also making sure that you're making time to process your emotions in, in a healthy way? So I think something that we talk about that nobody really likes to do is journaling. And it's so funny because I just got through my second journal this morning. I have like two pages left, but I'm counting it at, you know, and we really talk about, you know, with you and in climb 
and other people as well, other coaches is the difference between when, you know, when I'm going through that, like just emotional eating or through periods where I don't want to, whether it's like, I don't want to eat super clean and, or I get these ideas in my head that I need to be, you know, eating, whether it be protein shakes or kale or thing, you know, cause sometimes I do like, I just love eating grilled chicken or things that are super clean, but other times like I want to have a plate of spaghetti and I start getting into my head of, you know, why, why am I doing this to myself? Or why am I not, you know, like, instead of focusing on that stupid number on the scale, um, just giving myself grace to still like eat the things that I love. And it's been a journey and it has not been perfect. But when we really, you know, take the pen to the paper, and whether that be like rooting ourselves in gratitude, which I know you love to do as well, uh, taking, you know, just five things. And other times it's, you know, coming up with a just journaling and kind of almost like a dear diary thing of whether it's something you know, that I'm thinking of emotionally, whether it's stress in my life, whether it's school, whether it's work, or, you know, things that I'm saying to that, what I should be eating and getting no, like, why, why are we thinking that? So I would say definitely journaling has helped. And also there's times where like, I love a really good intense workout, whether that be running, or I've also taken up kickboxing within the last year. But then there's like, right now this summer, it's been, it's been, you know, there's times in periods and in my life where I just can't even think to do that. I can't even really want to go super hard where I will just go on a 30 minute walk, Mm -hmm. sometimes multiple, you know, 20, 30 minute walks a day to make up for that joyful movement. And that just, you know, finding different movements that, that make me clear my, my mind and make me feel really, really great on the inside rather than thinking, you know, that I need to be working out or doing some crazy regimen or paying for a gym membership. Yeah. That mindset shift is, is absolutely huge. And one of the things that I kind of hear you saying, Carrie, is to like giving yourself grace for honoring the season that you're in. And maybe that has changed and looked different. Like I know you started with walking and then you got into running. I know you were running 5Ks, girl. And now in this season, like maybe that form of joyful movement looks a little bit different, but not having it be something where you have to shame yourself for it, but more really seeing it as a way to honor your body. And I'm glad you brought up the journaling thing because I love journaling and I love it as a tool to kind of separate yourself from your thoughts and recognize which Mm -hmm. thoughts are serving you, which thoughts aren't serving you, which thoughts are just limiting beliefs that self-sabotage us and which ones are are, um, you know, the the motivating, encouraging and, and true thoughts. And I think for me, my journey, so much of it was about changing and challenging these identities that I thought were true about myself and really creating new ones for the person that I wanted to become. You know, one of the identities, and I know that your story is similar, that I wanted to challenge was this belief that I'm not a runner. And that was just one identity that I really challenged as part of my health journey of saying, you know what, I can be a runner if I want to. Um, But I'm curious for you, like, what are some of the identities that you had to kind of work through or remove from your own brain about yourself and what was possible for you? And what are some of the identities that maybe you learned to embody or embrace as you developed this healthy relationship with yourself and your body? So I, I remember just like you, like I was not, well, you were athletic. You did track, you did shot put, right? I remember you- I, I wouldn't say that I was necessarily athletic. I participated. <laughs> <laughs> That and that was me as well, at least in high school. And I mean, throughout my childhood, I was always trying, wanting to try like different sports. I was a big dance kid. I did some cheer for a little bit. Soccer did for six years, but I was always trying like track and field basketball. And I just was not athletic. Thing is, I'm not, I am not a um, competitive person. I'm competitive and I'm hard on myself. And it's something my mom has always said that that's the way my brother and sister are. We, 
don't do competition just just with ourselves <laughs> so i'd always you know I'd, I'd take you know do a couple practices and then i was ready to quit my parents was like no you can't do that but that's something you know an identity i had you know going into running you were a huge inspiration for that when i saw that you were training for your marathon and you know i started doing 5ks and i remember you know turning on like you no know, not your average runner podcast or listening to you and you know seeing all your highlights when you started running and that was a big thing was like you know i had this perception of you need to be an idea that you know, you need to be an athletic person in order to start running or to start working out uh, vigorously or, you know, whatever, whatever that was. And that's something I just found that like, I totally wasn't true or in order to, you know, eat really healthy. The only way, you know, people become thinner is if they eat really healthy. And that's not the case. I mean, like, you know, having this identity with foods that like all foods are good foods and serve us in many different ways. And we can enjoy all foods without any guilt. So my my identity with food and um, with working out and just be, uh, whether it be like athletic or going on walks, I mean, it's um it was doable. Yeah, absolutely. I want to fast forward a little bit. I well, actually, before we do that, I want to ask you. You know, I know that this journey, this health journey, which is a lifelong thing, it definitely isn't in a straight line, right? And I have made many, many mistakes and I will continue to make many, many mistakes. And I know that your journey is no different. And I'm curious, you know, what have some of those mistakes looked like for you along the way or failures in terms of your your health journey? And how have you kind of overcome those or worked through the different seasons where maybe that those routines look a little bit different for you? So, I mean, even just this summer, for for the longest time when I was working with you, I remember you used to say, like, everything's going great. You know, I was I was killing it at the, at the health journey goals. You know, something you really encouraged me to do, which is, like, was totally life-changing, was, you know, taking the two minutes a day to write down, you know, the plans, journal, and, you know, get your water in. And there were so many days, you know, this summer, for example, like, you know, my dog passed away. And then in terms of like a career switch, I had a lot of things go on and it was so overwhelming. And I didn't touch this journal or, you know, my, my meal plan, which is, you know, if you're not familiar with Kaya, if you're just listening to this, it's, you know, just taking the two minutes each day, not to like, you know, calorie count. And we're not like writing down, you know, throughout the day what we're eating, we're, we're making just a doable, you know, plan of foods that we, that we love, we love to eat. Uh, and then making that commitment to ourselves. And if we don't commit and we fall off the plan or whatever you like to call it, you know, we we learn to forgive ourselves and, you know, try again and keep going well the next day. And there's been so many times where I don't stick to that plan or, you know, in terms of my work schedule or things like that, where if I don't write a plan down for months or I don't journal or, you know, I go off plan and just learning to really get back to that journal at the end of the day when I'm really beating myself of why did I do that to myself and not necessarily telling myself that you know oh it's okay but really just writing down my thoughts or um, just taking a moment to think of um, where I am how I can become you know one percent better the next day and um, just really just really getting into the journaling and not like learning to beat myself up and it's been a journey. There's some days where I do so much better than others. And I've had some, you know, pretty difficult seasons, whether it be, you know, really getting back into their journaling. But um, usually with every week, I have a baby step of, okay, I'm going to get my water in this week. I don't feel like touching. I'm not going to even touch the journaling thing if I haven't touched it for months. Okay. Then the next week, like this just happened in July, I started with the water and then I started writing a meal plan down. Okay. Now I'm going to journal three times this week. 
And through the weeks, you know, as I would incorporate more, okay, 30 minutes each day, I'm going to go on a walk. I love walking. I always have, even before I started this whole health journey, even, you know, 10 years ago, I loved going on walks and just, you know, incorporating each one and getting those four basic steps in. Uh, eventually I get right back on where I was before and it just feels, feels really good. Yeah. Y'all know that I believe deeply in the power of baby steps. And what I love that you, you said, Carrie, was that it really was about the baby steps and you mentioned the, just being Mm -hmm. 1% better. And I think that looking at, um, our relationship with failure and when we don't show up perfectly, really focusing on that piece, I think is a game changer. I think sometimes we have this idea in our head that like, oh, if I'm going to be successful, whether it's with your health or whether it's with business or school or whatever that looks like, we think I have to show up perfectly, but really learning how to see how actually making mistakes is the best teacher on this journey. And it's when I stumble that I can get more compassionately curious about like, where's my head at right now? Um, why did I not show up today that I, way that I wanted to? What's going on for me here? I'm really just focusing on showing up 1% better, making those small baby steps because that's what adds up over a long period of time. And I want to jump ahead here a little bit, Carrie, because you started in April of 2020 you saw a ton of really incredible success, um, not just with your physical health, but I, I think too with like your mental health journey as well. But what what has happened since April 2020? Kind of where are you at now? Jump ahead a little bit for us here. What's happened over this last year? For sure. So over the last year, um, a year and three days, I lost 100 pounds. I hit that in April. Uh, what else have I done? I started going back to school with you. And so when I started working with you, you know, I, I voiced that where I really wanted to pay off some of my debt and really get back into school. And also with that baby step, it wasn't going to be full time, you know, because I had been I, I started college in 2013. I was on track to graduate in 2017, but I took like what I call a five year hiatus, five year break. It's a sabbatical. Um, and I really, <laughs> yes, exactly. And I wanted to get back into it so bad, but I just didn't have the confidence to at first still in my health journey. And I was so afraid of failing. And with you, you know, just like we talk so much about failing our way forward, which is something that I did. So being able to apply that, you know, failing my way forward in my health journey, you know, even in my career and my school, my school journey. So actually, as of this week, I'm going back full time. I started going back part time just this last winter in the spring. So uh, I switched my major from speech language pathology to nursing. That was something that I've had a huge, uh, I would call it, I've been calling it a come to Jesus moment in July of you know, when I wasn't journaling and I was, that was really what was on my head, my mind is like, what do I want to do? And I, you know, learning the difference between an interest and a passion. So an interest and a passion and um, learning to become, uh, you know, with this journey, becoming compassionately curious about, you know, my goals and where I see my future self and, you know, whether it be my weight or my, my health journey, uh, my career journey and, you know, envisioning all of that. So good. And I think what's been so cool to walk alongside you on this journey. And I tell Carrie this all the time because she is so kind and so sweet. And she's like, I couldn't do this without you. And I always remind her, you could. Like, I don't get to take credit for your health journey. I mean, I am so honored to be a, a piece of your journey and to help share the tools that have really helped me. But like all the credit goes to you, Carrie. Like you're the one that showed up. You're the one that did the work. And it has just been such a joy to watch you. And I think one of the coolest things is to see the way that really focusing on this mindset piece and this relationship with ourselves, the way that that has affected your life, not just in like your physical transformation, because I know we always talk a lot that like it is so much less about the weight and it's about so much more than that, Mm -hmm. but the way that it's affected your health, but also the way that it's affected the way you've shown up for yourself and your passions and your dreams. I mean, I feel like you started giving your 
self-permission to dream again and to believe in yourself again. And you kind of proved to yourself that you could do hard things with the way you showed up for your health journey. And now you're translating that self-belief into the way that you're pursuing these really big career goals. And it is just so cool to watch. And the way that this mindset transformation, it doesn't just affect our health. It affects everything, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. For I sure. wanted to ask you too, because I know that you are a very proud aunt, just like I am. And you're also a nanny. So you get to, you know, work with young kids a lot, boys and girls. And from that aunt perspective, you know, I believe that when the tide rises, all ships rise with it. And I know that your niece, Macy, is a big why for you and your health journey. And so my yeah. question for you and like what you've learned about yourself and about your relationship with yourself and your body, what's your hope for what you pass down to Macy? Like if you could tell yourself, your younger self something and what you could tell little Macy, I know she's still really, really young, but what's your hope yeah. for her? Knowing that for both of us, our, our relationships with our body really started to get rocky mm-hmm. and shaky when we were really young. Yeah, for sure. Something that, you know, I just want her to know is that, you know, she is absolutely, she's beautiful and she is capable of loving herself just the way she is in that very moment. You know, she's only, she's just turning three next month. So she still is very, very little, but I believe, and especially with other, just working with other families and just when I look back on it, the way I used to watch my mom talk about herself in the mirror or when she would take a picture, if we would take a picture and she would look back at it. And just, I didn't realize how much that influenced me until I, you know, I set out on this health journey and, you know, I was well into my twenties of, oh my gosh, like hearing mom the way, and I love my mom to death. Mom, if you listen to this, I love you. You know, it's just those, those words really, really affect us. And I still remember, you know, this is just kind of a little bit off topic, but last year, you know, Macy, I was getting her changed in her bathing suit and I was in my bathing suit and she was, you know, 20 months at the time and she was going belly, belly. And I said, yep, that's my big fat gut. And Colleen was like, nope, that's my sister. And she was like, you know, I'm really trying to work on, you know, because my sister and I, we've had our deal with health journeys as well. Um, And we, we both, her and I both speak um, different health languages, but we, at the same time, Colleen taught, you know, I, I don't want her thinking, you know, that even, even at one years old, that that's a thing like that or about other people's bodies, that that's okay. And that we all have bodies and they are beautiful and they are able and capable just as they are, no matter what shape or size you are. So that's really what I want Macy to know is that, you know, we can, we can love ourselves and be healthy without restriction. And I just, I hope, and I pray that, you know, hopefully that she won't have to go and find a Kaya at my, when she's my age, you know, Mm -hmm. that she will have the tools that she needs to, you know, live a really healthy life and not have to worry about, you know, family history of, like I have had of heart disease and diabetes and um, cancer, and hopefully she can just you know, you know know to eat health, learn to eat healthy and have joyful movement and not have to you know be so influenced by you know the diet culture that we grew up with and is luckily starting to go away. I don't know if you'd agree, but is um hopefully I just hope the world in twenty years is much different for her. Yeah, in her twenty. 20- I do think that things are changing and it's so funny to hear you say like, mom, if you're listening to this, I love you (laughs) because, you know, I talk a lot about my early struggles with my body image and kind of the messages that I absorbed, not just from the media around me, but also from the women in my life. And my mom sometimes is just like, 
Kaya, I'm so sorry. Like she feels like, did, did we do this to you? And I think, no, like Mm -hmm. absolutely not. And I think it's so important for us to recognize that like, we're all a product of diet culture. Right. And like our moms, they were immersed in it too. And it's not their fault. They're victims of diet culture as well. And just recognizing that they were doing the best that they could with what they knew. And I think for us, Carrie, it's us learning right now in this season better for ourselves. And when you know better, you can do better. And so knowing what we know, how can we kind of change that legacy for the next generation? And I give no blame to my mom, to my grandma, to like the Mm -hmm. older woman in my life. Instead, I feel like it's just, and I think you'll agree, Carrie, that having compassionate curiosity for the culture that they were raised in too, and knowing that the things that they said were never, ever, ever to harm or hurt us, but um, that they, they were victims of, of that same, the same culture as well. Absolutely. Now, that's something my mom has always said whenever I've questioned, you know, why people are the way they are or why people think the way that they do is she's always said, when you know better, you do better. And some people just really don't know better. And I think that's I, this whole journey. It's just been fascinating. I'm sure your parents and your family as well. It's just my my mom and dad. It's like their favorite, one of their favorite topics to talk about. Um, they've just loved. They've also just loved to see. You know, they see all the change that I've made in my life, and they're so incredibly proud. But they are still fascinated with the fact that we don't have to. Uh, you know, feed into shakes or pills or surgeries or diets or keto. Um, just to know how to love ourselves and to lose weight and for it to be permanent mm-hmm. and, um, you know, lifelong. And it's, what's so cool too is the way that you have really shown up for yourself this last week, Carrie. And I know a lot of us, especially as women, we have a hard time taking time, investing time and money into ourselves because we have this narrative of it being selfish. But what I've witnessed through you is the way that you have shown up for yourself in such a big way, how that has massive ripple effects and how it has affected your niece, Macy. It's affected your your parents. It's overflowed into the people and lives that you touch outside of you. And it is so beautiful and so empowering and just one of the coolest things to see. Oh, absolutely. For sure. And like I've said, like when I when I, before I met you, I remember, you know, I'm, I'm one I like to post on my Instagram and my Snapchats and my Facebook. And I remember people would see me, you know, I'd be what else would we do? We would eat in quarantine and we were in in the house. So I would just, you know, pan over my food and I would show Macy and people would say, what are you doing keto? Um, Or we'd be on walks a lot and people would get super curious. And I remember I didn't want to really like put on blast that I was like starting to eat better again because I was so scared of like, what are people going to think if I stop and then I gain weight back? And I I just remember then once finding you and then being just so inspired to like also share my journey, which I could not believe, and I mean, I, I don't have a huge following by any means. It's friends from high school and college and friends of friends and family. But I just remember the response and still to this day, I mean, even when there's there's weeks where I'm not posting or I'm not talking about the run that I went on or some thought that I was having or a breakthrough, people are still, you know, I just started posting about how I was running or uh, the things that I was learning with you and things, something I was grateful for. You know, I've done, all, I've posted all sorts of things and there's just, it's, it's an, incredible how people have received it and that they've been so inspired and um, people are just so sweet. So I, I encourage anyone who is on this journey, who is listening to this podcast, and don't be afraid to share and show what you're doing if you are comfortable, because usually the response, the response is, is incredible and you don't know who would need to hear it. I always say when I post, you know, stories or w- what I'm up to is that, you know, there might be somebody like me who is, you know, 280 pounds starting weight 
that would have loved to see that and how they're le- learning to love themselves without without a diet. Mm, so good. Yes, your story matters. And it doesn't mean you have to have some big following at all. Like if you can influence one other person, that is that is huge. And so um, thank you for sharing your story, Carrie. It is, it is so cool to watch and you are changing lives around you for sure. I, um, I want to take a quick break. When we come back, I'm going to talk to Carrie about some of the lessons that both of us have learned from losing a hundred pounds, maybe bust a few myths and dive into it. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back in a second. Hey there, friends. I just wanted to pop in really quick and see if you're looking to ignite your transformation for creating a healthier life that you love from the inside out. If so, I've got some good news. If you're willing to give me 10 minutes a day for just five days, I just recently launched my new five-day kickstart. In five days, you're going to learn my signature coaching framework, helping hundreds of women around the world ditch diet culture. I'm also going to share the five action steps that you need to start doing right now to ignite that health transformation. And they're likely not what you've been taught from diet programs. And I'm also going to be giving you strategies to create lasting change in your life from the inside out. And the good news, friends, it's 100% free. If you're ready to join the free five-day kickstart, visit coachkaya.com to get started. Okay, Carrie. So your story is absolutely incredible. And um, both of us have lost over a hundred pounds. And I get questions all the time, and I know that you do too, about this experience and what we've learned and and what that is like. So I just kind of want to take the the next part of our show to talk about what our experience was with that pretty significant weight loss, I'd say. My first question for you, Carrie, is having lost a hundred pounds. You know, I think a, I think a lot of us buy into this. I like to call it the lie of once. The the idea of once I lose the weight, I'll be happier. Once I lose the weight, I'll be more confident. I'll love myself more. And I think that sometimes when people look at before and after pictures, and and you can tell me if you have had similar experiences. I think a lot of people see my confidence and my success now and say, "Oh, you're so confident and you love yourself so much because you lost the weight." I want to ask you what your thoughts are about that and if you think that weight loss is what has given you more confidence or if it's something a little bit different. No, I I would have to say that. I mean, every day, every day is, I wouldn't say it's not a struggle, but every day it's just, it's a part of the journey. And um, some days are, you know, harder, harder than others with, you know, the things that I'm you know, the things that I tell myself or I say to myself, and I've lost weight before. I've lost, you know, 40 pounds in eight weeks and then another time 50 pounds in eight weeks. And the thing was, and I was much thinner then, you know, at a starting weight and getting down to, you know, like 160, 155. And, you know, you hear other weight loss coaches like Corinne Crabtree talk about it all the time. So many people know how to get their way down the scale and have the tools, but it's, a, it's you know, once they need to maintain it and learn how to love themselves. And that is just something that I couldn't agree more with was, you know, it's so much, it's, it takes a lot longer, but it, you learn how to, this doing it this way, the way we did it is you learning how to love yourself and rooting yourself in that love first, then comes the weight loss rather than, you know, self-loathing and restriction because restriction is not, it's going to make you feel in control of anything. It makes you feel the complete and total opposite. So once we can just learn to give that up and give ourselves grace and forgiveness 
And that's, that's really where the answers come in. And that's where you really start to see the results. Mm, for so sure. good. I think, you know, I thought for a long time that everything I wanted was on the other side of weight loss. And what I came to learn as part of this journey was that so much of what I wanted, the reason I wanted to hit this, you know, goal weight that I had in my mind that was a shiny number where everything would change for me, I realized that what I wanted was I wanted to feel confident. I wanted to feel loved. I wanted to feel acceptance. And I had this like aha moment that all of those things have nothing to do with your circumstances and has everything to do with the way you think about yourself. And what I wanted was what I thought I would feel on the other side of weight loss. But the truth is, is that our thoughts create our feelings. And that was a wonderful realization because what it meant for me and what it meant for you is that at the beginning of our journey, without losing a single pound, we could start feeling that self-love, that confidence, and that acceptance at the size that we were. And I think that learning that and really starting with the mindset piece and building confidence from day one, that is what allows you to create these physical transformations. The physical transformations would not be possible, especially not in a healthy, sustainable way, had we not done the mindset work first. And I think that that's one of the biggest myths that I hear and I think assumptions that people make when they see weight loss is, oh, you're happy and confident now because you lost the weight. And instead realizing that I learned how to build my confidence and self-acceptance every single step of the way. And also recognizing that that journey doesn't end after you lose the weight. That is a lifelong journey because we're human beings and we're always going to have days where we feel great. And then we're going to have days when we just don't. And that doesn't make you bad, wrong, or broken it makes you a freaking human being. And so I think learning these lessons and realizing that these are lessons that we have to continue to teach ourselves and remind ourselves, whether we lose the weight, whether we're in the middle of it or wherever we're on our journey. For sure. For sure. I think a hundred percent failing forward is the key. And you really, you just can't hate yourself thin by any, by any means. And then emotional eats are still going to happen mm -hmm. for sure. I mean, ever. And then, you know, also that maintaining like, for the last, you know, I lost my weight. I lost a hundred pounds, but I've through those emotional eats and not journaling. Like I said, like I'm in, I was in a rut for this whole summer and I finally, you know, I've gotten back into my amazing habits, but you know, I even just learning to, I was having a lot of, you know, self um, loathing and, you know, a lot of negative thoughts around, you know, why am I maintaining and why am I not making my way down the scale? And that does not make myself a failure. You know, I'm just in this period right now where I'm, at this time in my life where I, that it's okay, you know, things happen and, you know, I'm, I have the tools and the mindset. We all, I remember talking to you about that so much where, you know, I'd be like, Kaya, how am I going to like keep the weight off even like months and months after, like whether I stop coaching with you or no matter where I am, like how, you know, and you would just reassure, like, you know, that you have the skills to get, to keep going no matter, no matter where you, where, what, you know, what period you are in your life. And mm -hmm. um, I just think that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. I think another myth that I hear, and I want to to see what your perspective is on this, Carrie, is that in the past, when I approached health, I equal I I, I thought that health equaled weight loss, which that could be a whole another conversation in itself. But um, I had this idea of okay, I'm going to do these things, I'm going to eat this way, I'm going to do these workouts until I lose weight, and then I'll go back to normal. And yeah. We both know that doesn't work because going back to normal means going back to where you started. And so I, th I think a big part of this journey of, of this health journey was not seeing it as I'm going to do this so I can lose weight. And it was more about how can I create a healthy life that I love that I don't want to escape from, honestly. Yeah. Like that's what it is. It's like 
you know, how can I do this and establish these healthy habits the way that I want to live my life? Exactly. And that your life is not, this shouldn't feel like going on a diet or, you know, having like a journey like this, it shouldn't feel like jail. It should be something like I look forward. I remember, you know, at the beginning of my health journey, I did not wake up early. I was not a morning person. I, you know, the whatever that I was eating and how it was fueling my body was just making me feel like absolute crap. But when I started making those changes, even before I found you, I started eating super clean and, you know, exuding all that energy into my walks. I still was like excited. I was waking up at 5 a.m. And I was excited to be waking up and getting things done. And then eventually when I found you, you know, hit, hit, you know hitting the journal and doing the pen to the paper and like really just learning uh, how to like love everything that I was doing. And then eventually I remember thinking like watching you and saying, I'm, you know, I could start running, but I'm not ready. But then when I was ready and start running, running didn't feel like such a chore. Now, sometimes I, there's a difference between, you know, doing something that you hate. And then another thing is, you know, making a commitment um, because there were some days where I didn't want to run and train for the 5Ks because I ran six 5Ks last fall. I never ran a race before in my life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, knowing that, you know, once I would go, you know, follow through on that commitment, um, it felt really dang good. Mm-hmm. But, you know. But my baseline is always walking 30 minutes, you know, finding something that you love to do. And, you know, some people, you know, might disagree. I know you'll probably agree. You don't have to, you know, exercise in order to lose weight by any means. I mean, I don't I don't believe that is true, but it also makes you feel so good and doing finding things that, you know, doing it for your mental health. I know you love to dance and do the YouTube dance videos. I love to do Zumba. That is something that I'll always sign up for. And I never mind, you know, take me hour an hour of my day. Um, and just finding some like really great, joyful, joyful movement, um, and not feeling like it needs to be something super intense either, because at the end of the day, I think this is another, I like to mention this myth too, is that, you know, your life, you know, just like we were saying, when you lose weight that, you know, everything you just, you know, you have the confidence and you're so happy and everything is just, um, perfect because at the end of the day, your kids still aren't going to listen to you. You know, you're still going to have to work on your marriage or your relationships. Your boss is still going to, you know, you're not going to get along with your coworkers. Whatever other external things you have going on in your life are still going to come at you. And you're just and you have to you can't always be prepared for it. But knowing that you're, you know, doing life this way and, you know, having a, um, a health journey that's rooted in self-love first and really putting yourself first in your needs. It's it's a, it's life changing. Yeah, for sure. Oh, so good. Now, I know you've talked about this a little bit, but I I just want to ask you again, how has your relationship with your body changed and evolved as your body has changed and evolved? So I would never say that it's perfect because I know, and I know you would agree too, that, you know, there are still thoughts that, you know, I still have and things that I'll catch myself saying, but I will say that it's a hell of a lot better than it was when I was 280 pounds and was still really super influenced by diet culture. But, you know, I always sometimes I try and take opportunities in the mirror, whether it be like before I get in the shower or as I'm getting dressed, like this is an opportunity to love myself and at least say one good thing about myself, which is something I never did before. So it's it's definitely changed. I would not say that it is perfect, but uh, I, I know for that it's, I'm just happy that it's, it's for sure changed. And that's been, a, it's been a beautiful thing. And sometimes I'll just, you know, write down like today, I, you know, I know that you, you told me that, you know, our, our thoughts are, it's like a garden, our brains. 
and what we're saying to ourselves and we have to pull out the weeds. So today I did to end this journal that I just finished, I did a thought garden and I wrote down, I think it was like 20 weeds that I've been thinking because I have a lot going on with school and my career journey and things that I'm thinking before the semester starts. But then what I love to do is following it up with 20 affirmations. Mm. So I do 20 and 20. And um, a lot of them had to do with my body image and things that I just love about myself and learning to you know, come at a place for of love and positivity rather than um, self-loathing and negativity for sure. Yes. Oh, so good. One of the things that people have actually told me that they're afraid of when it comes to, you know, if they do feel like they have a lot of weight to lose, like we did, is one of their fears is, well, what if I like have a bunch of loose skin? And this is what I've found to be true. Our bodies are going to continue to change and evolve. Okay. Whether you lose weight or not, like you are aging every single day, your body is going to change and evolve. You are not meant to look the same. You will maybe gain weight, you'll lose weight, you'll gain weight again. Maybe you're going to have kids that will completely change your body. And this relationship that we have with our body is like the relationship we have with anybody else, right? It's Mm -hmm. you're going to have good days, you're going to have bad days. You might love yourself, but you might not like yourself all the time. And it's all about trust and rebuilding that trust. And sometimes you'll do something that will deplete the trust a little bit. And how do we rebuild it back up? And I think for me, I recognize that this journey is an ongoing journey. And in order for relationships to be strong, they take constant work, right? We have to be committed to ourselves and, and work on ourselves regularly. And for me and my body, like my body has changed dramatically. And I've been someone who's been over like struggled with weight my whole life. So it felt like almost like discovering this new version of myself when I lost weight. But this is the thing. Losing weight doesn't make you love yourself. It doesn't make you love your body because your body is going to continue to change. And if you hate yourself thin or if you hate yourself heavy and you don't work on learning to like yourself separate from your body, guess what? You're going to lose the weight and you're still going to hate yourself. There are always going to be things about our bodies that we can be insecure about. So for me in losing weight, you know, there's a lot of loose skin. I have a lot of loose and flabby skin all over my body. And me and Carrie, you can't see us if you're listening, but we're both shaking our um, arm skin right now. Yes, Mm -hmm. our, our, our wings here. And the thing is, is that if you don't learn how to appreciate yourself in gratitude and learn how to love yourself um, and all of your characteristics, then losing weight isn't going to fix it because your body's just going to change and you're going to have something else to be insecure about. And so what I've really focused on is I, I am committed to appreciating and respecting my body through all of its changes because it's changed so much in the last few years and it's going to continue to change. And I'm going to have days when I struggle with my body image and that's okay because I'm a human being. Like you said, I'm going to have those thoughts that are weeds and I don't have to give my time or energy to those weeds. I can tell myself a different story, but I think that it's so important for us to remember that no matter how much how much you weigh, what your body looks like, you take your brain with you, okay? And so much yeah. of the way that we feel about our bodies has less to do with what our actual bodies look like and everything to do with how we think about it. And that's where the real work is. For sure. Absolutely. So Absolutely. I'm curious too, what has been, I guess, what has been the best part of, of your experience or, or what is something that's happened for you that you maybe didn't expect? Well, for sure, finding you, 100%. Um, (laughs) One, I I think finding you for sure, and I I never imagined in a million years that I would be like working with a life coach or finding like a community of women that all struggle and all have the, you know, the same thoughts or have been influenced by diet culture and are all looking for an exact, like the same exact answer and are really trying to like have those mental breakthroughs of that you don't need a diet um, and restriction in order to, you know, and 
the root of it is like learning how to love yourself first. And then also you hiring me as your community support specialist. I never imagined in a million years that I would be, I would be working with you and you'd be hiring me. And um, also what else? And then also just, you know, when I lost weight, I never thought that, you know, just by doing the mindset work that I would be able to, you know, follow my dreams and dream bigger and um, set these huge goals for myself. Cause you know, at first, you know, I did it, I was doing it for the scale. I was doing it for the number um, rather than doing it for, you know, there's so many other more important and um, better, you know, reasons than just, you know, something that's a stupid number on the scale. So the fact that, you know, just this, you know, this week that I'm going back to school full time, that I've had a better relationship with, you know, my, my career self, my, you know, finances, uh, I've showed up in different ways for, you know, my friends and my family, I feel like I have deeper, more meaningful connections, um, even when it comes to Macy, uh, when it comes to family, uh, wanting to, you know, I went on a hike this weekend for my birthday, like I went to Shenandoah National Park, like just things that I never imagined that I would be doing. I'm training for, it's a first, it's almost the first anniversary of the first 5k that I did. So I'm running that with a mom that I nanny for. Uh, that's super exciting. So I'm getting back, I've been getting back into running again. Uh, there's just so many things with this journey. I never thought that I would, yeah, I'd be a runner, that I'd be a kickboxer, that I'd be waking up like super early and journaling. There's just, there's been so many uh, pros to just figuring out my mindset and uh, working, working with you for sure and losing hundred pounds. So freaking cool. Now I know that your relationship with yourself has obviously transformed in a really big way, but I'm curious how has your experience with other people changed? Like, have you been treated differently now being in this smaller body? I would say, I would say not so much. I, you know, I say that, you know, last two weeks ago when you asked me to uh, be on this podcast with you, I wrote like what I've learned about losing hundred pounds and I glanced over just for a second and it said, you know, the people, the friends and family that true and love, truly love and support me really don't treat me any differently. Uh, if anything, they have been, they've just been amazing. And I, I wouldn't say that at all. I will say like, I, I had a cousin mention this to me who had weight loss surgery years ago. And she said to me, you know, do you ever notice that people sometimes, you know, people on the outside, like a stranger is like opening, like more men, like opening doors for me, which I did find, I will say. So sometimes by like, you know, I don't, but I try not to really value that because I mean, it's, they're just like people and, um, I don't know, people that don't matter, but the people that do matter are never going to treat you any differently because they just want you to be happy. I would I would agree with that. I feel like people in my life that love me treat me the same and they're super excited and, and happy for me. I do feel like maybe my experience around other people is maybe a little bit different. I mean, fat phobia is real in our culture. And I think it's, I think it's been interesting, you know, losing weight, being able to now walk into any boutique and be able to like actually pick something off of the shelves that fits me. Like that is a whole new experience. Like I, when I would go shopping with my friends for their birthdays and, you know, we do shopping trips, I would always just look at the shoes or the accessories because I knew that nothing else in the store would fit me. And being able to get on an airplane and have there be extra slack in the seatbelt or mm -hmm. um, being able to go into a waiting room in a doctor's office and have my butt actually fit in the chair. I mean, that has been so interesting. And I, I never want to forget what it felt like to be in a bigger body because um, it, it's been so exciting to be able to physically fit into society better, but it's also been so eye-opening to realize like now having so many more opportunities just to be comfortable. 
realizing how much our society still has to come to be more inclusive for the versions of us before we lost the weight. And now it's like, it's so important to me to work, to like celebrate companies that are size inclusive, like places I could, Mm -hmm. I could have shopped when I still wore a size 22 jean, you know, that has been really eye opening, And it's been like a whole new experience now being able to experience society in a way that I wasn't able to before. Absolutely. I feel like, you know, we still have a lot of work to do. Companies still have a lot of work to do to feel more inclusive because there's nothing worse than, you know, feeling like you can't fit into a certain, whether it be, you know, clothes and clothing lines and, you know, going in places where your butt doesn't fit in or, you know, even airplane seats. And they should make them a little bit bigger and I shouldn't have to pay, you know, first class, Yeah. (laughs) you know, yeah, first class prices for, you know, something that maybe should be an economy or maybe to have that option for people. Um, but I definitely agree, you know, as a kid, whether it be like going for the school talent show and us all going to get matching outfits, um, even, you know, I was out of a size 14, 16, when I was like 10 years old, like I was wearing like juniors clothes, which didn't fit my body really right either. I think that's something that that needs to be focused on, especially with whether it be like kids clothing, um, even in that sense too, because that felt nothing worse than, you know, even when I was a teenager going for, you know, for formal dresses, they every, you know, all the Everyone, worst yeah, can you feel that? And they all want to go out together and you're like, I'm going to go with my mom yep. and we, and hit up the 16 stores I need to, to find a dress that fits and that I like rather than, you know, just hitting up two or three for fun and trying on, cause all the other friends could try on different things. And that's something that used to hurt me. I remember not going to my senior year winter formal because I couldn't find a dress that I liked that fit me. Right. Oh, I feel that deep in my bones. Yeah. And it, and it hurt so bad. And it would hurt my friends too, and my true friends. And I had a great group of friends because they didn't want to see me do that, especially in my last year. But I think for sure, even since I've been in high school, I graduated in 2013, I think we've still made, you know, a, a, a stamp, like a mark on, um, you know, the self-love and health, you know, being more size inclusive, but definitely still, still a ways to go. Yeah, still a ways for to sure. go. And I just... Oh, I feel like I have PTSD from formal dress shopping because it was like there's maybe one or two stores that I knew would carry my size and they were always frumpy clothes. They were like old lady clothes. And I just remember being like, this stinks. And I feel like I never had a dress that I loved. It was just like, this is a dress that fits. So this is what I'm going to have to wear. Ugh, for sure. That could be, it would be a dress from Torrid. Yes. That was like way too expensive. Torrid yes. stuff is like great quality stuff. And I love Torrid, like, don't get me wrong. But then there were so many things that if it was plus size, it's so much, it's so expensive because the, the demand and it, it really should be higher, but the demand wasn't so higher. It was just, you know, rare to, they were rare to find and it was hard and it was not enjoyable. But I will say like going into stores now or being able to I, just even simple stores like Marshall's, yeah. you know, they always say it's not just you know, and that's having one rack of just plus size stuff or Nordstrom rack right. as well, where it's just like one, I still see, and I still find myself looking at it. Me that's too. the one part, part. Yeah. Because you're still, it's still kind of cute to look at, but it's more so like, oh my gosh, I'm not a two X anymore. Like I'm not a 20. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that is something else that like, I'm curious to ask you, you know, I, I've been plus size my, most of my life. And, um, it was almost like for a while, it was weird looking in the mirror because I didn't imagine myself looking that way. And when I went to the stores, I would still immediately go to plus size section because I was just so hardwired to do that for so long. And I feel like in a lot of ways, I still felt like the 2X version of me. And I feel like I feel like I didn't resonate with the person looking back in the mirror. It was almost like I had to like discover this new identity for myself a little bit. Did you feel any of that for yourself? 
For sure. Especially when, you know, since I was seven going to just like larger sizes and, you know, my mom, whether she would even as a kid would bring things home and be like, am I really like, you know, an 1820, like when I was a, when I was a girl. And um, so I was just always wired that way. Cause that's just where I went was always to the larger sizes. And I think, especially when you're overweight from, you know, such a young age uh, and then like, I don't know. And it wasn't that I was like, you know, coming from a place of self-loathing. It was just like a habit that I was used to. And I still do it. I still for sure. But then I'll find my way back. Okay, now mediums and larges. Even I still find myself doing like extra large and all. You ever find yourself like when you find like a something really cute and you're like, and then it's like an extra large, you're like, damn it. And they don't have it in your size. Um, but I think for, I think, yeah, for the most part, when I go to those sizes, I'm like, wait, I'm not, am I really? Like, is this really who I am now? Like, I really am like a medium. Yeah. Um, which is kind of cool, which is kind of cool to think of. And the fact that things fit you so much better. And that's just, that's a, you know, just a non-scale victory when, you know, you can put on something and cause you know, there's nothing worse than that. Just that feeling. And I'll, I never want to forget that feeling in a way <laughs> I do, but I don't. But um, you know, when you go into, when you would go into stores and think things wouldn't fit you and you just, it was just another day of, oh, I can't find that dress or whatever I need it for that, those clothes. But it's so much it's so much easier now compared to them what it used to be. Yeah. But I, I think it's very humbling that knowing that you knew what that felt like. Totally. And- I will say, as someone who struggles, I'm I'm still working on becoming a more decisive person. One of the yeah. bad things about it though is like now that there's more options, I sometimes just get paralyzed and I'm like, I don't know. Like there's too many options. It was honestly kind of nice when only one rack of clothes would fit me because it narrowed down my options for me. But um, and I think too, something else that's been interesting is like. Um, I still feel like, and I feel like maybe I'll be this way for the rest of my life, but I still feel like I'm constantly still removing myself from diet culture. And, um, you know, even though I'm a coach now, and even though I've lost less weight and, um, like learning how to like still remove myself from even caring what this tag says on clothes or like, you know, being okay with if I gain a few pounds or lose a few pounds and trusting myself and and honoring my body through all of these seasons, I think it's something that I will have to continue to work on, right? This mindset work is never finished. I still have a lot of those deep-rooted diet culture and my own fat-phobic thoughts and beliefs that I am constantly uncovering. But for me, this is something I'm committed to for the long haul, for the rest of my life, for for being that 1% better, for really focusing on the way that I speak to myself and the things I believe about myself and giving myself grace for the days that I am not feeling my best, you know? Absolutely. And I think, you know, with how, with the amount of weight that we've lost, um, especially, you know, when it came to like giving away clothes or like, you know, donating or so, like I sold so many of my clothes because they were, you know, even like when I make my way down the scale, okay, I was a 2X and then I go from, you know, a 2X to a zero or whatever. And I would need to get some things because, and then I would need to sell them, you know, in three weeks anyway. But so, you know, I remember I was selling a lot of my stuff, but I remember, you know, listening to podcasts with like Corinne Crabtree and hearing, you know, people would be like, I don't want to get rid of my clothes. Like, and I remember holding on to, you know, and having bags and Tupperware or, you know, Tupper, what are they, containers yeah. full of clothes in different sizes. Cause I was just so scared of like, what if I do gain the weight back? But um, just kind of like let go of that it would just be another limiting belief of like, no, you're not gonna, this, this was who the size that you were. And it was just a size and don't hold on to all this extra baggage and stuff. And like to have it like sit in my closet or sit out in my room or wherever and just have to see it. Like, it's almost like, oh, there it is. In case I lose, in case I gain the weight back and just learn how to like let go. We deserve to wear clothes that fit us and make us feel good. Not not hold on to it's clothes true. that we hope to fit into or hold on to clothes that we're scared we might gain weight and fit back into. Like 
recognizing that you right now in the size that you are deserve to feel good and confident in clothes that fit you, period. For sure. And I think back to like the fat phobic and like um, just part of diet culture is, you know, I think of, I've been noticing more and more when I go grocery shopping, um, you know, I think of, you know, I've been like really into drinking coffees. I have like a lot of sugar, but it's okay. You know, and it was something that, you know, I'm, in, I'm drinking coffees right now and they have sugar and they taste good to me. And that's something I still want to drink. And I started to like, you know, cut back and that's just, a, and that's like a really just one example of giving myself grace is I want to drink these coffees and they might not help me get down the scale, but right now this is where I am. And maybe over time, you know, I'll cut back to, you know, three a week or whatever. And I did. And over time, over the last few weeks, but I still remember thinking like, oh, I should be using like sugar-free syrups. And I do. Sometimes I, I have no problem going to Starbucks and ordering like a sugar-free vanilla. But And I kept thinking, you know, when I would look for them on Amazon, it's like the sugar-free, you know, the skinny syrups or how everything, you know, the skinny girl vodka or when, you know, everything is keto, carb-friendly. And sometimes I buy things just because they taste good. But, you know, the marketing and it's just kind of... I, I hate it so much. Yeah. I loathe it so much. You know, the different things we see in the stores because it's so skinny and it's so it's so smart on a marketing standpoint but it's so dumb you know when it comes to and the things that are affecting us and it is everywhere it is everywhere well, it's everywhere i think and learning not and learning how not to give into it and just you know still eat things if i want to eat white bread or if i want just because if it makes you whether it makes me feel good or whether that's what i like then that's what i'm gonna have mm-hmm. not just you know this 100 calorie bread just because it says it has 100 calories or you know you know skinny bread or whatever yeah is, so. yeah for sure listening to your body eating what makes it feel good and what you enjoy as well, for sure. Oh, so good. Carrie, I wanted to ask you before we wrap up today, you know, you have been, um, you know, now I have this amazing opportunity to have you on the Coach Kaya team as my community support specialist, which which just feels so cool and so full circle. And we're so excited to have you. You know, I'm curious, you know, you have been on this health journey now for over a year. You've had this incredible success, not just in weight loss, right? I think that people tend to just focus on the weight loss, but your success has been so deep at the core with your mindset and your relationship with yourself and the way that's overflowing into every aspect of your life. I'm curious, you know, if people are listening to this story and they're inspired by yours, which I know that they will be because you are absolutely inspiring. You know, what would you, what would you tell someone who's maybe on the fence about like, you know, seeking out that support and community that they might need as a piece of this journey? Maybe someone that is maybe thinking like, oh, maybe the climb community could be something for me. Like, what would you kind of share with them or tell them if they're wondering, you know, how do I get started? Um, Where do I go from here? How do I see a similar transformation in my own life mentally or physically or emotionally? So I would have to say it was, you know, and so waiting for the next opening of climb is 100% worth it. Uh, it's something like my mom told me when I found you and I was like, can I afford to do this, which was totally affordable, but it was, I can't afford not to do this. So I think if you're in a place where you just like you were looking for this change and you know that the answer is not a diet, but a place and a community that is all about lifting each other off and lifting each other up and self-love. And uh, just having people that are like-minded and are really there to cheer you on and you can in turn help cheer people, uh, I think it's 100% for you and that it's totally going to be worth it. And the things and the tools that Kaya can um, just help you with and help and, you know, make you realize is it's a really great investment. It is the best investment working with you that I've, I've really ever made. Um, I'm so grateful for you and I'm grateful for the opportunities and being on here that you've, you've given me. Um, and I would say, you know, even if it's whether you're, whenever you're listening to this, cause this could be whoever knows how long from now, um, 
just taking, you know, the baby steps and knowing the forgiveness, just giving, giving yourself the grace and the forgiveness um, and knowing how to you know, learning how to love yourself, but you really got to do that with Kaya because she's just the best. Oh, but um, yes, absolutely. So um, yeah, that's what I would say. It was join Kaya, join climb, um, surround yourself with like-minded people. Um, there's great res- resources out there and there's great books and um, that you can do it. You for sure can do it. And you can, you can be like Kaya and Carrie for sure. Kaya and Carrie. Ooh, I love it. It's got a good ring to it. Uh, thank you so much, Carrie. I, I, I know I'm biased, but like I, yes, I'm a coach in our community and it is, it feels like the greatest honor and gift of my life. But I think that the power of climb is the community itself. And while I'm a coach, I always tell everyone that I'm also a member. And I think that it is just so powerful to surround yourself with people who get it, who are striving to do similar things that you are. And we're all at different places in our journey. All of us, we all look different. We're different ages, sizes, come from different cultures and backgrounds. But I think that it's that community that really makes us stronger and that is so helpful and impactful. And I love what Carrie said. If we can do it, you can do it. And we're not just saying, you know, losing a hundred pounds. That might not be your story. It's a piece of our story, but that is not the main story. It's really the baby steps, this this relationship that you can have with yourself that is the most impactful. And there's nothing special about us. I mean, Carrie, yes, is absolutely a special person, but there is nothing special about us that has made us succeed that means that you can't. Instead, I really want you to see our stories as just examples of what's possible when you really start learning to believe in yourself, trust in yourself, Mm -hmm. and treat yourself like the friend that you deserve. Carrie, it has been such a joy to have you on here. Thank you so much for sharing your heart and your story with our community. I know that you continue to inspire me every day, and I know that you're inspiring our listeners today as well. So thank you so much for being here. Absolutely. And can I say one more thing? Oh my gosh, yes, please. It is not just because we are very young too. (laughs) Yes. I was waiting for that because I know there's going to be middle-aged women. There's going to be ladies in their 60s and 70s listening to this. And I think that's one thing is people are like, oh, they haven't had kids yet. And they're, you know, 27 and 28 and they just don't know what's coming or menopause or anything like that. Like, girl, you can do it too. There's been plenty of people, plenty of people we follow and influencers and anyone at any age can learn how to love themselves and to lose weight once and for all just out of self love for sure. So absolutely. If we can do it, you can do it no matter your age, no matter your size. Ooh, love that. Love that you snuck that in there. Yes. If there's air in your lungs, it's not too late to start loving yourself and treating yourself better. Our community has women from age ages 13 to their mid seventies. So it is never too late. That's a limiting belief. Get rid of that. And let's just show up and love ourselves today. And whether or not you join us in the climb community or not, we are absolutely cheering for you. And we hope that you were able to get a little bit of nugget of wisdom from today's conversation and future conversations to come. We thank you so much for being here today. Carrie, I just love you so much. Thank you. I love you. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you. Thank you, Kaya. All right. See y'all. We will chat with you very soon. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please hit subscribe and leave me a review sharing what you loved most. Come hang out with me on Instagram and Facebook to keep the conversation going as we continue to find joy in the journey. Until next time, I am cheering for you, friend. Keep climbing and we'll chat soon.